Welcome to the What's Literacy Got to Do With It podcast, a podcast for exploring all things literacy in Quebec and beyond. Literacy is more than knowing how to read and write. It's also about empowering each other and yourself to thrive throughout all aspects of our lives. We're your hosts, Jamie Cudmore and Chris Shee. Let's get to it. Hi, Jamie. How you going? Chris, I'm <laughs> great. It is the end of the year. It is the end of the year, guys, but we're at a season eight, episode four, so it's not yeah. the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> no. So no, it's not. Uh, we have got a jam-packed, unbelievably exciting uh, episode for you all today. And Jamie, I'm going to have to let you kind of do the uh, introductions to our special, special oh guest all the way from Australia. He's living in Australia, but uh, Samoan descent and was born in New, New Zealand and he's currently living in Australia. But um, wow, I'm so excited to uh, introduce this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We have special guest Jay Langaia, TV host of Lost for Words, a television series of adult literacy coming from Australia. This is a very special episode, as Chris mm -hmm. said. Lost for Words is a three-episode television series which aired on channel SBS in Australia and filmed brave adult students both in the classroom and in the world on a nine-week intensive literacy course with the hopes to dramatically improve their life. Our guest is super special, Chris. He is. He's amazing. And uh, he was the host, obviously, of Lost for Words. And we're trying to get the the rights to stream this this amazing three episode series in Canada in Quebec, which would be amazing to get out to all of our literacy practitioners mm -hmm. and and the public of Quebec to really get an understanding as to the the difficulties involved in in literacy learning and and as a, as an adult especially. So, right. and yeah. just a little bit more about Jay. Uh, Jay's an actor and is most famous for playing Captain Typho in a couple of George Lucas's movies called Star Wars. You might May have heard of this franchise. Might have heard of Star Wars. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Plus many other movies, TV series, and music shows. You can check out so many clips on YouTube. It has a fantastic voice. Jay has starred in so many things. However, at Literacy Quebec, we find Jay more famous for being the host of this wonderful TV series, as we said, Lost for Words. And also being a father of eight children. Yep, you heard that right. So in this interview, Jay was able to share with us why literacy is very close to his heart and how being the host of Lost for Words, Jay was able to use his skills as an educator to become more than just a host. You know, he, he offered practical solutions to help his adult students along their nine-week intensive literacy course in achieving their personal goals, the very reason why they came on the show in the first place. So everybody listen up to this fantastic interview with Jay Langa Aya. Mr. Jay Langa Aya, how are you my Beautiful. friend? Beautiful. Coming all the I way good. from Sydney, Australia. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. Wonderful. Hey everybody, I'm so excited for today's podcast to have Jay and we just thank you so much for your time, uh, Jay, just getting on because we know how busy you are and everything that you you've got on the go from acting to being an educator to being a, a father of eight that's right or as i like to say in quebec we oui. oui. father of wit eight amazing yeah. i love it everyone wants to know i mean how did you help 
them do all their homework? Everybody wants to know that answer, Jay. How did you help eight kids do their homework? <laughs> Look, you know, I suppose it is that thing of going, uh, you know, a. it's not, a, you know, it's in stages. It's not as though they were all born at once and they all sort of <laughs> yeah. rushed out of the gate as such. But, uh, you know, for me, I think, you know, uh, when, you, when you're in a household and, and you feel a little deficient, I mean, I married that side of the brain. My wife is a maths and English teacher. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was the color commentator, as they say. You know, I, I read the stories and did the dances and changed the nappies. I was the one, two, three lift kind of guy. So I learned as I went. Now, I think a lot of people tend to think, oh, you've got lots of kids, so you must be Dr. Phil. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> No, I just, I just, I just learned how to fold clothes while I could still watch the television in front of me. So I could take forever, and my wife would, couldn't complain because I was doing something constructive in the house. Amazing. <laughs> well, well, Jake, for everybody that I guess hasn't had the pleasure to know you in Quebec, in in Canada, here, can you can you give us a bit of a uh, an introduction to to yourself and and kind of? Uh, I'm really excited to obviously move into. The, the show that you recently hosted called right. Lost for Words, but we'll get to that point in a minute. I, I grew up in uh, New Zealand, or as they say, Nouvelle-Zélande, um, <laughs> and I was basically uh, a high achiever, not really. Um, but, you know, I, I always, my, my first uh, um, dream was to be an All Black, which is uh, the national sport of the country, rugby. Uh, you've got a great Canadian team as well. Uh, I realized earlier on in my life that I wasn't as good as I thought I was, but, uh, but performance and acting came, you know, um, you know, naturally to me. So I became a musician. I, I started in this industry, in the uh, entertainment industry in 1982. Uh, I worked on several different uh, television shows uh, and, you know, uh, Xena the Warrior Princess. Uh, uh, here in, uh, I moved to Australia in 95. And uh, started working in drama here. I've worked in the entertainment industry uh, the majority of my adult life, which basically means I've been unemployed for nearly forty years. But uh, um, and in doing so, I do film, television, radio. I host. I write books. Uh, I produce shows. Uh, I've worked. Uh, I played Mufasa in The Lion King. Uh, I like to stop people by saying everything the light touches is our kingdom. Um, I've. Uh, Worked on shows such as Star Wars, and uh, um, uh, it's my it was my p- uh, passion when I was growing up. I you know I fell in love with Star Wars, and uh, I got to work on the show itself. And oh. present day, I'm working on a couple of uh, children's books. Uh, I am an early educator. Uh, uh, my passion is uh, teaching kids. I'm good friends with the Wiggles, so you know we collaborate a lot. But uh, um, recently, I have worked on a literacy documentary uh, with uh, a company called uh, Endemol Shine, and they do Survivor and Bachelor and all that stuff. But they also do, you know, great documentaries as well. And uh, this documentary was uh, a concept that we we took from England, and we made it our own. And uh, um, it it basically follows uh, adult literacy here in this country, and we had eight volunteers that joined us, aged from 19 to 60. And uh, we found that in our research, 90 in Australia, 90, uh, sorry, 43% of Australians struggle with everyday literacy uh, issues. And when they said 43%, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. So I said, 
how much is that in Big Macs? And uh, they said, uh, that's over 7 million people. And people would just gobsmack, you know, people that struggled with reading text messages or signs, you know, or street signs or bus timetables, train timetables, menus, you know, and and you may fall into this category too. I think, you know, we all did. And so uh, it was an mm-hmm. eye-opening experience for me. We did it over a 10-week period. Um, we had literacy experts that came in and we had cameras. And, and I was really proud of our students because they were scared out of their wits, but they stayed with it. And, uh, and the results were just amazing. Uh, Jay, there were, I mean, just, I had a note from our executive director saying that, that, you know, on this episode, please mention that we've seen the advertisements for Lost for Words, the show. And even though that we're halfway literally across the, the other side of the world, the stories of resilience, motivation and overcoming obstacles resonates with us because this is what our member organizations are doing on a daily basis. And so it's just amazing the impact that this show had. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, backstage, we were talking about maybe getting the, the, the opportunity to screen the series over here in Canada, but we'll, we'll sort of cross that bridge as we get there. But, um, yeah, share, share with us about your experience and, and how you got involved in Lost for Words, the, the series. Well, I think, you know, for those that are listening to this or watching this, you, you need to understand that um, the literacy issue is like music. You don't have to speak the language to understand or appreciate music. And the literacy message that we have is the same thing. It resonates because we're not talking about diffusing a nuclear bomb. We're talking about trying to work out a menu. You know, why you don't window shop because you don't want the embarrassment of having to ask, so how much is this and how much is that? Why is it that your grandparents are really quiet when you're speaking English? It's because they don't understand you or their English is terrible Mm -hmm. and they don't want to be embarrassed. Or even if you're an English speaker, the idea of um, not being able to read or write is more shameful than admitting that you have, you know, a, a drug or an alcohol problem. And people say, well, you know, you aren't you over-exaggerating it? And I go, well, we've got a 60-year-old here who still can't read or write. Uh, we, you know, we've got a, a 35-year-old. We, we had a student in our, in our program. He was 29. I swore he was a car salesman. He was confident. He had the talk. He, you know, moved and shaped like, like, he was this commentator because he was so articulate. And then when we asked him, just write a little bit about yourself, he wrote three lines. The first line was, I like, L-I-K, two, the number two, and then he drew a surfer because he didn't know how to write it. He was an arborist. Basically, his job was, you know, he was a tree doctor. And I go, why did you choose to be an arborist? And he went, because you don't have to read. All they do is point what tree you have to cut down and you cut down that tree. And so, yeah. so for me, I mean, yeah. And I suppose for me, I went in with great trepidation, knowing full well that I had gaps in my literacy. I, I did a children's show here called Play School, which is a, a preschool children's show. It is, yeah. Here you go. <laughs> I watched plenty and, uh, of Play School episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it is probably the second longest running consecutive television show in the world, next to Blue Peter, which is a English children's show. We have been running now nearly 55, 60 years here in Australia. 
And so um, I realized that it was children's books that saved me because I could read children's books. My problem with literacy was comprehension. Yeah. Uh, and when I started reading children's books, I thought, you know, I can read children's books for goodness sake. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know The Hungry Caterpillar and I know all of these, you know, well-known books. But you realize really quickly, uh, as a producer said to me, also, Jay, you've got to remember that some of our kids can't see. So you have to create word pictures. You have to create an environment. You have to create, you know, the sounds and the, and where this caterpillar is eating these things and, what they do. And, and it was then that I realized that I really didn't have a comprehension because as an actor, and I've been acting for a while now, I had the luxury of taking a script away and then going into my cave somewhere and just mumbling it over and over and over again until I got the rhythm of it. And then we would go into a rehearsal where I would then listen to how people reacted to my lines and go and change accordingly. And I would learn, oh my gosh, that's a question. Or I need to put this in a way that that caused a suspicion and allows them to go, what are you talking about, Willis? You know, when I was offered the role of, of hosting Lost for Words, uh, I was in two minds because I felt I might expose myself and people would go, he's making no sense whatsoever because I knew there was going to be a lot of narration and also interaction. Now, I, I don't have a, a problem with interacting with people because, you know, I taught and done improv. You know, a, a right. great uh, Canadian export, theatre sports, by the Loose Moose Company, you know, in, uh, uh, I think, uh, Toronto it was. But uh, um, so I just decided, okay, well, I'm going to bite the bullet because I know these students are going to come in, these adult students are going to come in, and they don't really know that they're going to make their mistakes in public because I'm used to filming in television, so I know the repercussions. You right. can film today, but the feedback will be, when we release this in six months' time. So they think, well, you know, I'm done now. But then in six months' time, the truth will be revealed. Their dirty little secret will be revealed. Yeah. And and how will people react? People that you work with going, wait, you, you know, you, you're, the, you're the manager of this floor and I'm taking instructions from you and you can't read or write? What's the story here? So, I mean, that was the, that was my journey into this as a, you know, first as a job, and I'd always been passionate about early education and about, you know, literacy in general. When people ask, how do I make my child smart? I go, read to them. Read to them when they're in the womb. Read to them when they come out. You break that down in many formats. And so okay. I went into it with trepidation, but the results were so outstanding and the general feedback from the general public afterwards was just amazing, was absolutely amazing that, you know, my fears just melted away. Amazing. Can you share a little bit about when we spoke the other day, you mentioned about reading to your kids in the womb, out of the womb, and we spoke about what if you can't read, what do you do then? And we kind of sort of jokingly said, you know, make up the story, we use picture books or whatever. So is someone, the reluctant reader or the, the person with low literacy that, you know, you're sharing the importance of reading to our, to our kids and so forth? Uh, what would you say to them if they're struggling with reading and it just doesn't give them that motivation to read to their kids, for example? Look, as a parent of eight children, I have four boys and four girls. It is one of those things that you have to make that commitment that at the end of the day, it's not about you. Once you have a child, your commitment is to this child, whether you be the husband or the wife. 
your commitment is basically, you know, to go out. What, why is it that we will spend time away from our, our families to go out and work to earn a living? That's, mm-hmm. that's my cross to bear. But we don't invest time, and I'm not saying that, you know, that we go delib- do this deliberately, to come back home and invest in our children. We're trying to teach them right from wrong. And I will say to uh, parents, especially those who are bilingual, that, that at the end of the day, a child, I've never had a three-year-old come up to me and critique my work. They just want to play. And the first things that you have to understand is, is that for a child, they don't want to put you out of place. They just want to participate. A child does not learn. They imitate. So when you talk about the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, it's not about going, oh, you know, your child is strapping and beautiful and that. No, it's about how they act. If their child is polite, that's because the parents are polite. You know, if the child, you know, is outrageous, they go, well, you know, that's the mother's side of the family. <laughs> but, but really, at the end of the day, you are the control. You are the ones that they see every single day. You're the one that influences the most. And so I always suggest that if you, are, if you struggle reading a book, you know, the best thing to do is not to fear the book. It's not the book that's the issue. What you need to do is make friends with your enemy. Name your demon. Mm-hmm. Grab that book and have a look at it and go, what is it that I'm so afraid of? Because nine times out of 10, 95% of that book, that children's book that you pick up, is pictures. You can handle pictures, can't you? Mm-hmm. And then you ask yourself, what's in this picture? And I always say to parents, you know, when you're watching television shows or when you're watching, you know, reality shows, Understand one thing, the producers already know the outcome, because if you know what the outcome is, then you can build the drama towards that outcome. You can manipulate people, you know, along the way so that your outcome will be outrageous or quiet or this or that. So manipulate your outcome. How do you do that? First and foremost, take the books that you want to read or your child may be interested in and and go through them. Don't wait until you say a child points the book out and go, I want that. And you go, oh, my gosh. And mm-hmm. everything is a, you know, Indiana Jones adventure where you're opening it up going, oh, well, what's this and what's that? <laughs> yeah. You should already know yeah. what's in each page so that you have a talking point. Don't worry about the words to start off with. Just worry what, what's in the pictures and then relate that to your child. Amazing. And you said it before in, in not these words, but they're non-judgmental. The kid that's three years old wants to play they're- they're not judging you, are they? Yeah, I always say, especially with fathers, mm. you know, your child may not know how to read the time, but if you say you're going to be up in 10 minutes, they will be down in 10 minutes going, you, you said that you would come up and you have no right to be angry with them. You know, it's that whole thing of don't let your mouth write a check that your body can't cash. Never promise your child <laughs> that you're going to do something if you know that you're not going to do it. Never read to your child if you've got an appointment to go to or the television is on and put your okay. phone away. My biggest tip also is simply your child will also will always ask you to read the book again. So I always suggest that you take your phone out and as you go about this, this thing, whether or not you read it or this, this interaction, because what you're doing is creating a habit because your child will realize really quickly it must be bedtime because dad or mom's coming up to read to me. And once they get into that habit, they go, bedtime, kiss one more time, please. Read it to me one more time. What you do is, before you start, and it doesn't matter, push record on your phone and then go through the reading process. It doesn't matter if they interrupt. It doesn't matter if you go off 
off book and you're talking about this and that because that interaction itself will maybe last half an hour and then push stop. And then they'll go, can we do this again? And you go, okay, if you are really good, I'm going to play this back to you and you can listen to the story again. And what that happens is, is that not only do they listen to the story again, but then they hear themselves and all of a sudden they're invested in this conversation. Right. Now, whether or not you read a story to them is nothing. But what happens is, is that if you do this every single night, not only do you have a record of your child growing up and in their younger years, but also you have a library that if you don't have time to read to them, you string two of these stories together and go, all right, listen, um, your, um, your babysitter is going to be here or your sister's going to look after you. She's going to do this and then we're going to play this. And you, you play this because you're going to be busy. But listen, if you go upstairs, I'm going to play you the story of this and I'm going to play you Cinderella. Would you like that? Yes. Okay. And then, then you play that and they are happy because all of a sudden they go back to that time when they, and, you know, and then afterwards turn it off and you have a record. Magic, magic. Great advice, Jay. It's his first, first heard it first here. And it goes back to the other night. Remember when you mentioned this, this saying of about the soil, about the, the kids growing in the right soil. Can you sort of share with the listeners that you're talking about creating habits and so forth? And, and then I think it was your wife that actually mentioned that the, the kids need the right soil to grow up into. Yeah. Look, my, my wife is a, a maths and English teacher, a high school maths and English teacher. And as a, a preschool educator myself, you realize really quickly that I did a conference once with kindergarten and early years teachers, and I asked for a show of hands as to who sings to their wards, to their children, and about sort of probably half and half. And I pointed out a couple of people, and I said, why don't you sing to you know uh, um, your students? And they go, oh, because I've got a terrible singing voice. And I went, and and this was sort of a, the common occurrence right across. And I had to sort of stop them and go, look, what you need to understand is, is that um, three-year-old or four-year-olds only want you to participate. When you don't participate, what you're saying to them is, I don't want to play with you. I don't want to do this. And all they want you to do is to give them permission to play. You know, that I've never had, as I said, I've never had a three-year-old come and critique my work. All they want to do, they don't want you to sing like Mariah Carey. They just want you <laughs> to, you know, to sing with them. It's about giving them permission to, to be able to be children, to play. And I think adults tend to forget that. Um, adults tend to put on this phony voice yeah. so that they think that they're relating to them. Uh, and I say to, to parents all the time that you know, we have to place our children in great soil in order for them to grow. We have to be able to understand that as a parent, it's really, really difficult to always give them great advice. But you have to understand that children, like their rooms, won't pick up everything. <laughs> you tell them to pick up your clothes, they will be selective. So you have to understand that those <laughs> clothes, those items in their room are like the suggestions and the advice that you give. If it's 100% quality, whatever they pick up is going to be quality. But if it's 50% quality and 50% BS, well, you know what? You know, they grow up going, well, my mom said if I stick my head out the window of a moving car, my face will stay in that position forever, you know? Or if I don't go to sleep, you know, by seven o'clock, the boogeyman's going to come out and scare me. So it is 
always that thing of going, and when it comes to literacy, it's the same sort of thing. We want the best for our children, but we don't want the best for ourselves. You have to understand that you are the one, you are the teacher. Even though our teachers are out there teaching them stuff, our teachers don't teach them manners. They don't teach them right from wrong. They don't teach them thank you and please. They don't teach them how to sit up straight or dress or to interact with other people. They teach them the ABCs, and that's what their job is. Nowadays, teachers Mm -hmm. are discovering that children are acting out purely because the parents refuse to discipline their children. And so the first time a child hears no is when they're at school, and it's not fair on the child, you know? And so when it comes to literacy, it's the same sort of thing. Why is it that you will go out of your way to make sure that your child is safe, but you won't go out of your way to make sure that you have the tools to allow your child to grow up a whole person, that you know how to read or write? Because your child won't look at it. And one of our students, one of her biggest thing, uh, one of her biggest comments to us was, you know, as a parent, there's nothing worse than hearing your child say, oh, that, that's all right, mom. I'll wait for dad to come home to help me with my homework. Yeah. I'll, she's she's yeah. seven years old and you're sitting there going, I've got the iPad. Let's have a look and see what this word is. Oh, oh right. Okay. I, I didn't know that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, your child would look at you and go, but how can I learn from you when you don't even know? Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to invest in yourself in order to be able, you know, and it's not, not there's no shame there. Whatever yeah. happened in the past is in the past. We always have the saying that we can't change our our past, but we can always change how we start each day and how we finish each day. And if you invest in yourself and go, um, today I'm going to learn the alphabet. Today I'm going to learn certain words in my spice rack. Those things are, are, you know, you can relate to, but most importantly, those things are allowing you to become a better person. Whatever happened in the past is in the past. What you want now is your future. Yeah. And Jay, you remember you mentioned the other night that people in their 60s or maybe even on the show Lost for Words that that you might have had these experiences where people have kind of reached a point where they'd given up on their literacy or they'd given up on certain things. but then you also shared some amazing stories of of someone who realized that uh, tea for turmeric was in the in the spice rack at the shop and and they could follow you know after after their success of learning starting to learn how to read and so forth they could actually do the shopping and and actually start start with the teas and go straight to turmeric yeah look i, I think there's a misconception out there especially with adults mm. that they can't they can't go back or they can't learn to read or write because they related back to school. Yeah. Yes, that's true, but you don't teach adults the same way as you teach kids. Why? Because adults have lived a life. We know exactly what things are coming up. When you read, uh, after you've read a story once, we read a story with our memory, whereas children are constantly discovering each page every time they revisit a book. That's the reason why you know, they love books and they never skip a page. And this is the same thing. You are never too old to learn to read. And a lot of the times we give up purely because we've been in the situation and it's just tiring. But you have to understand that if it took you 10 years to get fat, it's not going to take you overnight to get skinny. Uh, You know, I, I may be calling the kettle black, but at the end of the day, it's that thing I'm going, if you want to learn to read, then it is about 
planting seeds and waiting for it to grow. It's about slow and steady wins the race. And if you want to better yourself, if you're 60 years old, you still have at least 30 years to go in your life. Are you just going to free will or ask people or, sorry, do you have orange on your menu? Oh, well, yeah, it's the second one down. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and try to brush things off as as mm. if it was. I forgot my glasses. I forgot my glasses. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. Well, you know, is, you know. Sorry, um, uh, I can't see from over here. Can you tell me what that is? Yeah. I mean, at at some point, you have to be true to yourself and go. I want more than this. I deserve more than this. And it's such a simple thing. And yet we go, oh well, people are going to judge me. Who cares, really? Who cares? Because at the end yeah. of the day, mm-hmm. you are bettering yourself. And if you want to read and you are a 65-year-old man or woman and you've seen life go past you and you still don't know, you still don't pick up a book. Why? Because, uh, you know, um, I don't know what it says or, or a newspaper or, you know, or, or even your lotto tickets or mm-hmm. knowing full well. How many of us have been in a situation where you know that someone's shortchanged you, but you can't tell, yeah. you know, or you... Somebody is throwing a contract in front of you and you sign it because you would rather be stuck in some contract than, than be shown up to go, I can't read that, so I, I can't sign it. We've been in those situations and you put yourself and your family at risk purely because you've signed some kind of document not knowing what it was. You know, and we've done that. You know, where we've, it's what they call the apple clause where they go, do you agree with our agree? Yes. I've never read it, but yes, you know. <laughs> and then they've come yeah. and they've come back and go, you know, uh, we've come back to uh, to take this vacuum cleaner away because, but I, I paid five hundred dollars. Yes, but you had this time to where 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 show me where. I see. Isn't it time that you deserve to do this? And it will not happen overnight, but it will happen mm-hmm. if it's something that you truly you truly want to do. Yeah. Yeah, you got to want it. That's what you mentioned. You got to want it, and and it's time. It's you deserve it. You you got to want it. And and when when you mentioned about the whole worrying about what other people think, you, you gave some really good points on on how to overcome. Is say if people have a, an opinion about you stepping out and wanting to lift your game and and read and so forth, uh, you, you really had some great advice for people to push through that. This is my advice, you know, and you could take it or you can make a paper plane out of it and throw it into the air. But, but my advice to anyone listening to this is one of the biggest steps that you have to understand is, is that you have to name the demon. You have to name your beast. You have to say, I can't read or write. And you have to say it out loud. I say this to my students all the time. If you cannot tell me what you want to be when you grow up, you will never achieve it. And they all look at me like I've just cursed them. And I go, no. Why I say this is that if you say, I want to be an astronaut, then I will go, I don't know anything about being an astronaut, but I do know somebody who does. Now, you know, in jest, you know, I am an astronaut. I'm the first Polynesian in space. And if you don't believe that, watch Attack of the Clones, Star Wars, um, because uh, (laughs) that's me looking after Natalie Portman. But that's neither here or there. But, you know... That's the first and foremost. Yeah, first and foremost is to say, I can't read or write. And you will be amazed that the shame that you have carried for all of these years is your shame because nobody else cares. As soon as, as soon as you say that, the elephant in the room walks out because people go, oh, right, okay. Oh, I understand now. 
They will not look at you as though, well, you're an idiot, aren't you? We're going to ignore you. No, because you go, I'm sorry, I can't read that because I can't read or write. You can't read or write. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I've got dyslexia. Or when I was young, my parents died. Or when I was young, I only sp- spoke French. Uh, but now I can speak English and French. Mm-hmm. People will be so accommodating to you. People will, your family members or people that are around you, will come to your aid and go, so what can you do to help? And you will be amazed at how quickly they don't judge you. The person that 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 stops you from, from succeeding is you because you haven't actually said those words. Once you say that, the burden will be lifted because at the end of the day, simple things like reading your Bible is in your grasp because all of a sudden you've got people helping you. And then from there, it is very much about going, you know, it's not grabbing huge books and stuff. It's, it's about going, what's my next step? And your next step is then reaching out to a literacy organization like Literacy Quebec, you know, or, or someone, because don't ask your cousins or your friends or a teacher, because teachers are geared up to teach in schools. Right. What you need to do is you need to ask an organization, swallow your pride, because at the end of the day, you're in a single person canoe paddling through your life. If you are 60 years old, I want you to live to 90. So that means that you've still got years, you know, years to go. Why not come out of the wilderness? Contact these people. And then the biggest thing, be prepared to listen because everything they say is not about shaming you. Everything they say, just like a doctor going, tell me what your, what your illness is. And then for goodness sake, be truthful. You know, Don't yeah. tell them half stuff and not tell them everything and then wonder why they haven't cured you. Because, you know, yeah, you know. exactly. You mentioned the other day that, that people can feel, you know, with low literacy, we can feel uh, defensive, right? Like we can feel kind of attacked and things. Is that sort of come from that in a way that if like not listening because no, 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 we, we don't want to listen because because that's it's just it's too, you know, I'm, they're having a crack at me. They're having a go at me, you know? Yeah, look, statistics say that it is a well-proven fact that children who come from a home where their parents do not read will be below par, you know? And why is that? If, if my parents are athletic, then I'll be athletic. Why? Because they go out for a jog and we go out for a jog. Or we are, you know, we are, are, are always on our feet. We're outside playing. We're doing that. And that's why. Is that because it's motivated by the child? No, it's motivated by the, the parent. Environment. Be the parent. Yeah. Right. And so if your parents don't read, like my parents didn't read, uh, you know, they don't read English. So when I would come to them and go, Dad, what's this word? And they go, just I go away, go away. I, I can't read that. You know, I don't know that because they're Polynesian. Yep. And so who, who do you go and ask to read? And then after a while, you realize, oh, I'm not going to ask the teacher. And what we found with our adult student was their biggest fear was making mistakes out loud because mm-hmm. it's something that, that was entrenched in them at school. One of the guys said, I was always in trouble at school. I go, but you seem like a really nice guy. I am. But I was prepared to be on detention. I was prepared to be suspended when the teacher said, Johnny, can you stand up and read the next paragraph, please? And I just sat there. And my ears filled up with blood because I could hear it going, and they're going, Johnny, Johnny, will you stand up? Nah. And, you know, F that. I don't want to. Nah. And then you just got, you know, aggressive. And because your teacher doesn't understand the simple fact is you can't read, and also because your teacher is trying to get through this program today and the next program and so on and so on, they don't have time to stop. 
And so it is that constant thing of you just get angrier and angrier because in your head you're running a narrative. She's just doing this to shame me. She's just doing this to, to make me look bad in front of everyone, in front of the girl that I like or the guy that I like. You're all looking at me going, what the hell is the matter with you? All right, nah, nah. Yeah. All right, go to the principal's office. And then you just storm out. And then it becomes part and parcel of a trick that I use to get out of not being ashamed. And I think that's something that you have to learn. And most importantly, I suppose, if you know, in, in reaching out to literacy places, it's also being able to surround yourself with people who are like-minded and going, okay, we can't read or write. Okay, it's all right to stand up and make mistakes. Yep. So I Absolutely. think, you know, that's, for me, that's the, the biggest thing is that it's okay to make mistakes. And from that, once you uh, once you realize, especially those of you, the, you know, those of us who who have always wanted to do that but couldn't, who have always wanted to watch a, a film in subtitles but couldn't read, you know, because you go, wait, 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 the duh, and everyone's going, can you be quiet, please? Because you're trying to read it out loud, you know. <laughs> yeah. It will come, you know, it's like, you know, most things, you know, build it and it will come. It will happen. You just got to invest in this crop in this seed that you're planting and know right. that when I plant the seed, I have to wait six months for it to, yeah. Once you start to succeed, once you start using some of the tricks that they give you slowly, but surely you'll go, instead of going back to your old tricks of using a phone and Siri, what is you start going, wait, I'm going to break this down because I was taught to go phonetically uh, to, to, you know, and in our supermarkets, for example, one of our experiences was I would read, um, I read a, an entire list uh, of ingredients to our participant. Okay. Some of them wrote them. Some of them it was in Morse code. Some of them were like the Da Vinci code. I was looking at it going, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> um, and then they would, they would go around trying to get the stuff because we were going to do a cooking challenge. So they would have to get the ingredients from a local shopping center, uh, okay. you know, a supermarket. And one of the biggest discoveries that resonated right throughout not only our students, but also some of our film crew and also the general public when they saw it was the discovery that the spice rack was in alphabetical order. And they were looking for turmeric and they go, turmeric, turmeric. Uh, and they were going up and down. And the, the cameraman off, off camera just mentioned, you do know that they're all in alphabetical order. Well, it was like a light that went off for one of them. She went, what? Are they... Are they enough? So, so I don't have to start at the top because I know turmeric is like a T. So that's sort of over here. And all of a sudden, and the amount of feedback I got from the general public who go, I didn't know that. My my 14-year-old, 14-year-old daughter went, I didn't know that. And I have to admit, I didn't know that either. So, so you know what? You know, we don't know everything. But the joy of it was that it resonated with the general public. And, you know, obviously you saw the trailers and yet it resonated with you guys oh, purely man. because we weren't, we weren't doing science experiments. We were doing everyday stuff like ordering from menus or, or writing an email. The way that we taught was simply that in order for adults to learn, we first and foremost do two things. One, we measure where your level is as far as literacy is concerned. So we can put you on a scale. Not so that we can judge you. It's so that we know where to start you in the marathon. And then okay. uh, we ask you, what's a personal goal? What would you like to do? 
And, you know, and we say to them, look, reach for the stars. And some of them were simply like, I want to be able to read a storybook to my kids. I want to be able to complete an email without any help and send it out. I want to be able to get my driver's license. One of our guys who's 60 spent the last 11 years trying to get his driver's license. But he kept failing because they're all multi-choice and they change all the time. And so he just said, I just want to get my driver's license. And people go, oh, you could keep going back. But what you have to also have to understand is that you have to pay every time you go in to get your license, to try for your license. So not only is that uh, an emotional toll, but also a financial toll. But he just said, you know, I've I've been trying. And I go, how many times have you tried to get your license? And he goes, well, you know, recently, you know, I've tried at least 17, 18 times for the last year or so. You know, uh, um, and it, you know, it's not cheap, but but those are the those are the you know the, the standard stuff, and yeah. and that's the everyday thing that that we all we all come up against. But it is fixable. It's not. It's your literacy uh, issues are not a disease. It's not type two diabetes. It's not cancer. It okay. is curable. It is fixable. You need to get your heads around that. That's that's very true. Got to get your head around that because you summed it up, Jay, for sure. Hey man, this is awesome. Can you take us back, uh, you know, for the last f- sort of few minutes that we do have you? Because as I said, I know you're busy. Do you have any uh, anecdotes or any sort of stories from the Lost for Words series? But also being a, a host of the series, you mentioned before that that a lot of that was working with the learners, with the with the students as well, and you were kind of encouraging them. And some of the listeners would probably be interested to know that you, as the host behind the scenes or whatever, was was a lot kind of like a coach or uh, an educator. Is that right? Like, Yeah, the, the setup of Lost of Words, uh, we have our literacy expert whose name is uh, Joanne Medlin, and she created the program in which we were to teach them from. And from yeah. that program, we also had challenges. Because you also have to understand it's a television show we're watching. It cannot, it, you know, it can't be boring. So, you know, some of our challenges were simply that we, we split them up into groups of four and we basically spread them out throughout the city and we gave them clues to basically get to where we were. I was at a, a restaurant in the middle of Sydney and we basically gave them a starting off clue as to where we were to start with, where were they doing to start with. So they were spread right across the city itself. They were using boats, uh, buses, cabs, walking to get to where we were. And every time they stopped, they would have to go somewhere and pick up a clue like The Greatest Race. Okay. And they'd have to read the clue and figure out where they were going to. And, and, so, and we would track them because they would have a phone so we would know exactly where they were going. So we have a literacy expert. We have a lead teacher and a support teacher. And our lead teacher, Adam Nobilia, was, you know, he's also taught in, in prisons as well. And so you know, his job is to set up the classroom uh, and then go through what the processes are. Now, the classroom isn't about going, everyone has to learn this. All of the lessons are individually tailored to each person so that, A, they can reach their personal goals, but also stretch where they started from a literacy point of view. And, and let me just say, after nine weeks, they all achieved passing and surpassing where they started from as a literacy level to where they were. One of the biggest things that I found that, anyone that's listening to this or watching this right now, you possess is the simple fact that it was confidence. 
It's confidence that will, will allow you to learn stuff. You know, the lack of confidence stops you from achieving anything. And what I found with our students was once they realized that they were in a room, and when we started, it was very much a fight or flight. You could watch it in their eyes. Every single time that they were in that room for the first three or four days, any excuse, they were looking for any excuse. Oh, my, my child is sick or, you know, the, the buses didn't come or they wanted this so badly right. that they turned up and they created the habit. There's the old saying that it takes 21 times to create a habit. And after three days, they realized that everyone in the room was in the same situation that they were. And they started being comfortable making mistakes out loud. Why? Because their mistakes aided other people who were a little more scared than they were not to ask that same question. So we started encouraging them. And we also started to say to them, listen, ask your question until you know the answer, not until you feel like the teacher is frustrated or they think that you're an idiot. Ask them until you know the answer. Why? Because once you know and understand the answer, not when they give you the answer and you go, oh, okay. If you don't understand that answer, then ask them about it until it gets into your head because we are built individually differently. We're built differently from everyone else. So some of us will run faster. Some of us will develop right. faster than others. Or So, you know, our, our argument was once you understand two plus two equals four. No, no, I don't get that. Well, two, one, two plus one, two equals how many have I got? One, two, three. Oh, right. Okay. So two plus two equals four. Now, it may seem simple to you, but once I get this, I will know today, I will know tomorrow, I will know in 10 years, I will know in 100 years. But how many of us have been in the situation, I call it the map reader's situation, where you go, um, can you tell me how to get down to the local town center? Oh, sure. Go down this road, you know, until you see that great big huge container, the yellow one, turn left at the container, go down to the roundabout, that big roundabout, turn right there, go down to the school, and where you're at the school, you look across to your left, all of a sudden, I didn't even get to the, the container. Yeah. And then you go, thank you very much. And then you start looking for somebody else. Excuse me, can you tell me how to get? Because, you know, because instead of just going, wait, wait, the container. Yeah, down there. Can you see that? Oh, yeah, that one did. Then turn left. And I was, because I'm terrible with directions, so I go, right. So turn, I know that in America, they go north, east, west, south. Well, is that that way or that way? So I yeah. go left and I make that sound, you know, that I'll go this way or that Yeah, left. And then we go down to a container. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, I understand. And the roundabout. All right. And so all of a sudden, you are getting it into your head. Once you know, you can get to your destination. You know, don't, don't feel like every single time they're giving you the instruction, you go, they're judging me. They're judging me. They're judging me. You know, so I just say, ask your question until you know, because the teacher already knows. And we always say, if you don't understand right. what I'm saying, Ask again because it's the way I've said it. It's not your fault. It's my fault. We always take responsibility for that. Right. Amazing. Amazing. And a couple more things, Jay. Uh, just any stories on uh, the graduation of your students? So that really moving. I mean, I've seen the, sh the the start of the series on YouTube. I've seen the end of the the series that they the SBS posted on YouTube. What was that like for you, uh, seeing the graduation of your students? My last challenge to them was they had to write a speech you know, a graduation speech. And the sad thing was, is that all of them, they all said, I've never been to a graduation before. And, you know, they were, you know, they were parents, they were grown ups. The other thing that 
you know, really stood out was, was how playful they were with each other. And when they turned up, it was, it was glorious because we had family and friends there. And the, they, their comments were, they just looked different. They looked taller for some reason because they had got through to the end of a program. They didn't you know, know that they were getting certificates and, and whatnot. But I, I think the, the, biggest, the biggest takeout that I got from this was one of the girls said to, uh, that when we, she was asked for a personal goal, she gave them her personal goal, which was to write a professional email and to send it out. After four weeks, she achieved this goal. And, we, and she said, I should have written something you know, more challenging. But then she said, but I didn't know I was capable of doing that. Right. And, and I think that's the biggest thing that we have to, the takeout for me and for those watching this right now is that you don't know what you're capable of doing until you do it. You don't know how, how far you will go because you can only see to the end of the road. Yeah. You can only see to how far your imagination will, you know, but like children, if they see it, they can dream it. And what you need to understand is, is that for a lot of us and for a lot of those out there, especially those homemakers and simple people out there, you have spent your lifetime being of service to other people, of helping your children grow, of helping the community around you. Isn't it about time that you were in service for yourself? Isn't it about time that you fixed yourself? How many times has your car broken down or a vacuum cleaner's broken down and you've gone, we have to fix this right now? Yeah. But you've negated yourself, that you've gone, oh, my back is sore. It'll, it'll be fine. It'll be. This is much more because at the end of the day, a whole new world will open to you. And if it means that you have to learn by using children's books, who cares? Because children's books, it's like most things. A Canadian $10 bill will still buy money in Australia. So words on a children's page will still allow you to read adult books or, or, or a newspaper. So, you know, yep. start small. Allow yourself to make mistakes. Allow yourself to, to fail because you will fail. And failure is, it, failure is part and parcel of success. I would say measure your successes in inches, you know, so that you have success and failure is this small and the success. Why? Because if you fail, you take a step back to your last success and you move forward to your next. And I make these visual all the time because that's what we are. We're tactile and visual people. Yep. So if you make all of your examples, go left, go right, my success is this big. After a while, if you measure your successes in inches, like a marathon runner doesn't run from beginning to the end. They run from lamppost to lamppost. My first lamppost is I'm going to learn the alphabet. My next lamppost is I'm going to learn a poem. My next lamppost is I'm going to learn a song and then I'm going to learn to read the lyrics of that song. I'm going to learn a nursery rhyme and so on. And after a while, you'll find that this journey has allowed you to accumulate all these lampposts. But the lampposts also meant that I now know the alphabet and I recognize the alphabet and I recognize it phonetically as well. A, R, B, B, C, K, K, right? Because then you can use that to phonetically go, Turmeric, t, u, m, t, u, m, m, you know, and then all of a sudden you're doing all these signs. It will take a long time to start off with, but once you get into the rhythm, it, like most things, you know, you know recipes up by heart. Why? Because you had to learn it from scratch and now it's memorized in here. It's the same thing about literacy. Incredible. Jay, 
Fantastic, mate. I'll tell you, I, I don't know, is there any final thoughts you want to leave with us? But that that pretty much, uh, it's a good note to, to finish on right there. <laughs> yeah, look, at the end of the day, I, I want the best for everyone. But you have to want the best for yourself. You know, you have to stop making excuses because the only person that you're fooling is yourself. And you don't want charity. You don't want pity. At the end of the day, if you want to read your Bible, you have to invest in yourself. And so, you know, may the force be with you. Thanks, my friend. We're pumped up, excited. Thanks, Jay, for coming on. We'll let you go. Have a great day. And uh, we'll look out for maybe a little whisper of things coming up in the future, but with loss for words. So thanks again, my friend. Really appreciate your time and, and coming on the show today. Look, from all of us here in Australia to uh, to Literacy Quebec and to you there in Canada, I wish you all the best. And may your journeys have lots and lots of stories. And I look forward to hearing about your adventures too. But, you know, we're all, we're all rooting for you. Champion. Thank you, Jay. All right. Awesome, Jamie. We have some upcoming wow. events after. How do, how do we follow up on that interview? That was amazing. I, it's hard, but uh, we will remind you all of some great resources and upcoming events, as Chris said. So first up, as always, we want to remind you about the Literacy Helpline. The Literacy Helpline is a free service that provides information and support for tasks that require reading, writing, and or digital literacy skills. So if you want some help out there, call 1-888-521-8181 for assistance and friendly folks on the other line will help whoever gives them a call. You bet. And Family Literacy Day is the 27th of January, 2022, next year. And to help celebrate, drum roll, we have Rafi Kavukian. And Rafi, I do apologize if I'm botching your surname, but we only know you as Rafi. And I'm sure, Jamie. Growing up with Rafi, (laughs) definitely. I love this in our notes here. Call all your friends on your banana phone and join us to hear Rafi talk about the Rafi Foundation for Child Honoring. What's that date, Chris? It is the 25th of January, which is a Tuesday, and it's at 1 p.m. And it's going to come in. Rafi's coming in via Zoom. And so uh, this event is for adults who really want to learn about kids, which is awesome. And you can register. There's a form that we're going to include in the show notes and also a link to our website uh, where we actually have the event on the website as well. So please check out that uh, link in our show notes. As always, you can check out other events of, from our members and from Literacy Quebec on our website, on their websites. You can check out our social media for those links as well. You know, Jay, thank you so much, my friend, for jumping on the, the podcast with us and giving us your time. And uh, we, we know that you you did this uh, off your own bat. So thank you so much. And and guys, check out the Lost for Words YouTube trailers. So there's there's links in, in the show notes, in our show notes to go and check out the show, which is not streamed here in, in Quebec, which we're you know working on. So make sure you check out that for sure. Mm-hmm. And it is a two-parter actually, because next episode is a special one as well. Episode five of season eight is coming out early in January to kick off 2022. I can't even imagine that I'm saying that with a bang but it's gonna start with a bang our (laughs) special guests chris got to do some more fantastic interviews with these folks are going to be the amazing joanne medlin and adam nobilia the literacy experts from the television series as we've been mentioning lost for words which is hosted by jay who's on this podcast today so check that out 
So good. So thank y'all. Thank you so much, uh, Peter Morgan, for helping us with our video and everything. Barbara Testa, Gabord, for all of your social media promotion for the episodes. And Jerry Legal, our awesome What's Love Got To Do With It theme music for Mm -hmm. What's Literacy Got To Do With It. And uh, Jamie, I guess, you know, let's just shout out to where people can find us, subscribe to our channel and everything. Yep. So share our podcast, subscribe. As Chris said, you can write to us at admin at literacyquebec.org. You can send us a voicemail and please do. So our number is 514-508-6805. Of course, you can check us out now on YouTube. Great videos there. Uh, you can check us out also on Facebook, Instagram. Our handle is at Literacy Quebec. So happy holidays. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy holidays. See you next month. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. See y'all.